and welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. I kind of, I lied. I lied at the end of last week's episode. I said we might be doing a month of Pioneer content. We're not today's episode. Well, we will bring up Pioneer, though. Don't worry. There'll be a Pioneer minute, at least at one point, and it'll be longer than a minute in length. Sorry for anyone who's trying to screen grab and post this podcast today tiktok or something speaking of which we do have a new podcast tiktok account so if you follow me or ben on tiktok you can also mm. follow the mm cast the official account name as i look it up but it is probably spelled out over my head in a nice little thought bubble that is conveniently being provided by rick uh it is the mm podcast uh on 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 tiktok someone stole the mm cast uh they're the oh, worst rude of them so rude that's our we should thing. have made them an offer they we should have made them an offer they couldn't refuse found them and i'm just still like, very proud that we got at choss uh, uh corbin hostler his his uh <laughs> his twitter name he was chossler 88 and we were able to convince at chossler no numbers to give it to him it was it was a, it was a crowning achievement in in magic community twitter usage uh but today Sorry, lots of delays. Make sure to follow us on the on, on uh, TikTok. Also, you can follow me. I'm at Cass Wiley. Ben is at Ben Bateman uh, Music. Uh, and we are today talking about a little idea I had. And that is uh, what what should happen to the future. So uh, the, long, the long and short of it is Modern was founded uh, with the idea that all cards uh, printed into standard and forward from 2003 onward would be modern legal uh, only through standard. Then in 2019 2019 modern horizons one was printed and the idea behind that was this is the first set that will print cards directly into modern since then we've also gotten modern horizons 2 printing into that also since then we are now at a point where there have been more cards printed into modern through standard not including even modern horizon sets than existed in modern since its creation to the extent where as we talked about last week i mentioned that we're going to mention pioneer pioneer the entire format uh which goes from i believe returned around magic origins onward uh don't quote me on that one <laughs> uh um includes cons black fetchlands are banned uh pioneer was created because there was too much of a um there, they needed a less expensive way to, to enter a, a magic format that was non-rotating and was found a middle point, allowing modern to become more of an analogous format to legacy and what legacy was when modern was created, especially considering that modern had more cards in its card pool at that point, And especially at this point than legacy did at modern's founding as well. Beyond that, uh, up to this point, most commander product, most commander decks, most alternative sets like conspiracy and battle bond, uh, all are created to print cards that will end up in commander, but also had an intent at one point to find a secondary home in legacy. That's why true name nemesis was printed into a commander product. It's why uh, scavenging ooze was it's why Flusterstorm was all originally commander products with the idea that these could be legacy playable cards. And this is a cool way to come up with new cards for legacy. Since then legacy, as much as I love legacy has become almost entirely a mostly moto magic the gathering online, not even arena level format because just the cards are so expensive and hard to get availability towards. And so my proposition is as modern has moved away from the purest standpoint of only cards from standard enter there and pioneer is more or less taken over that, that mantle, we should make it. So I know this has been a long rant where Ben hasn't gone and say a single word. <laughs> we should make it. So 
that any card printed since 2003 or 8th edition or the beginning of Mirrodin block, which is the beginning of modern, any card, new card printed, regardless of it being printed in the standard, so in commander product, in alternative products, non-reprints, specifically new cards, should be legal in modern. It's an interesting pitch you make. Um, and I think that there's a there's a conversation to be had and it's really a relevant conversation now more than it's been, right? Like the the I think the idea behind this is really it's changed in the last three to four years more than than any time ever. Like four years ago, this conversation would have felt a little different, but the two horizon sets have really drastically altered the way that we play modern. And they've drastically altered the power level of what is considered a an eternal level card, right? Like it's it doesn't feel like we're having the same conversation that we used to have. Not to mention the fact that you have so much more of a focus on design for commander. And it's not just commanders. It's cards that are just cool, that play really well, that are fun, and they don't just want to print six drops and four drops. They want to print stuff that's efficient also because they realize that I think players who play commander also are competitive 1v1 players that want to play cards like that as well. So the scalability of those cards, a a card that is a two drop that is very powerful in 1v1 probably is going to have a lot less of an impact in a four-player game. So it's a much safer card to print. Um, So you actually have cards that get played in CDH that are very competitive and I think are very interesting. And so for that reason, I think that this conversation is is as prescient as as really has ever been. Well, and and, and it's it's harder than ever to keep track. I have no idea. And, And the symbol that they use to differentiate, which is like a little extra white dot on the regular symbol for Dominaria United... I have no idea which of the legendary creatures from this set are commander legal only or standard legal only and therefore modern legal. It's so hard to keep track of the line between them. And and with this one, it's it's exceptionally worse because there's all of the box topper legendary creatures. Plus, there's a commander set that has like six. There's a, one of the commander products is like 50 legends in it or something that. So there's just like extra layers of complication there. But overall, the line between what is modern legal, and what isn't seems to be like very defined at the moment, but getting thinner and thinner. And there's a lot of cards that the way they're printing it feel like they could just be legal and modern. And with modern horizons and soon to be even more. So the Lord of the Rings set being printed directly into modern, it feels so weird to me that they just don't allow all of these other really cool cards. I want to be able to play with some of these cards in a one V one format. I think displacer kitten in modern would be really, 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 really freaking cool. And there is an additional layer of those cards that I think would be fun to play with. And it just kind of, it makes cards feel emptier when you can't play them in a one V one format. That's accessible to anyone. I mean, you basically with the argument you're making is legacy will only exist as a format that is a reserve list format and everything else that is not on the reserve list basically can be in modern. Uh, is essentially what would happen. Now, it's not to say... No, no, I, I, no, no, hang no. On, hang on, hang on, hang on. I know you're not arguing for that. I know no, that's no, not what you're saying. That's just not what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I know that's not what you're saying. Let me explain myself. <laughs> you said what you're saying is, and then said something I'm not saying. <laughs> the eventuality of the idea results in anything that is not on the reserve list can be printed into any product as a reprint, and that then is in modern. No. Which... So that's if they I'm were saying. to print a card from the Weatherlight that's not on the reserve list and it was in a commander product, it would then be modern legal. No. Oh, I misunderstood you completely. I'm drawing the line there. <laughs> Rick, leave this in. All right. So I'm saying I think I think that then becomes the purpose of modern horizon sets. And like every classic standard set, a reprint still needs to go through one of those avenues to get added to modern. The reason I say this is because if that's not true, 
there is a possibility that you can do it the way you're saying. It just involves a big overhaul of the ban list. Not that say that modern doesn't need that, but that means, you know, Imperial seal is now modern legal. That means that and man, you know, all of, all of the cards that were on any of the, the, special cards that were in packs right the 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 mana crypt mana vault force of will mana drain that there's there's a lot of cards that are immediately added now there's a version where yes you know what let's just pull off that band-aid and just ban the cards that need to be banned right like ban ban demonic vampiric tutor ban imperial seal ban demonic tutor like get rid of the cards that can't be legal i personally think and like maybe ban some of the reserveless cards that were technically in from the vault relics that make it really weird because <laughs> those were printed since 2003, but they wouldn't be legal. Uh, no, I, I would say any reprint, if a card is reprinted, it has to go through standard or a modern horizon set. Letting modern horizon sets still exist for a reason among also creating new cards. And then, but if it's a new card printed since 2003, any, any card that did not have a card printed before then is legal. So I think it's difficult enough for us to keep track and we're experts of all the cards. I think if you were to allow basically like cards that get printed into those specific sets to be in modern uh, commander cards, for instance, like new commander sets that have brand new cards printed that we could use them in modern. It's at that point, like it's difficult, I think, for someone's brain to track. Like, is that card that's in this commander set that I think cool is cool? Is this an original unique card or is this a reprint from an old set that I'm not aware of? I mean that's how that's how it is right now. Yeah. Well, but, but we like, if, but I, if, if I buy a commander in, product, I don't know when I'm opening it if I'm a new player which cards are modern legal and which cards aren't. But you assume, you probably assume if it's in a commander product, it's highly likely they're not going to be legal. That's probably the assumption. That's not what you're buying it for. You're buying it for a different reason. So you might get lucky and you might open, you know, your scavenging ooze or whatever, like that could happen. And then you're like, oh, cool, I can play this in modern. But I don't think you're disappointed if you buy a commander product and the cards aren't modern legal because that's not your intention. I, I actually think your idea is pretty cool. I'm just in my brain trying to keep. No, no, this, this is the this same is... conversation we had about when we overhauled Highlander Gauntlet all those years ago. What was it going to be? And what we eventually came up with that format was the same thing that we came up with with our singleton format recently. Hollywood Highlander or whatever we call that cowboy. Uh which is just reserveless. Like it, it's, it's that simple, right? It's like it's, it is or it isn't. And, and it's highly likely cards won't be on the reserve list because there's only 688 cards or something. So if you ever ever curious, you can look it up, but it's very likely you'll be good to go. I think without something as simple as, as like a, just a cutoff line, it just gets very hard to keep track for well, purposes. But well. there is a cutoff line, right? It's just like if you could do it reverse, right? Look up right, if a card existed it. before 2003. That's no longer not legal unless there's been a reprint in the standard or, or, or a modern horizon set. I mean, I think like also in the world we live in, most people who are searching for cards, if they're like looking for modern legal sets, they don't go to like eighth edition onward, right? They click the modern only legal button and then that filters out all of the non-legal cards anyways. And if you're opening there. new products, yes, I would. This would bring a moment where wizards would reprint less old l- legacy staples into commander products, which I like. Don't care that much about <laughs> if they like. If now they like become maybe a little bit more limiting in what they print to make this less of, of a complication, because you really don't have to. You don't have to retroactively apply it, right? Like most people aren't buying old commander product that are like looking to buy a new deck to see if all of these cards would be legal and modern. You can very easily change how you're printing product to make it so those sets are less reprint focused. It does mean that like 
you need other alternatives to reprint stuff. Secret layers exist, as do you know the the occasional set that maybe allows it, or like an unstable, unglued situation. But I think that for the most part, most of these cards could just be modern legal. And the only reason they're not is because it like involves an extra step for people to keep track of what's modern legal or not. The other option is bring back that good old fashioned gold border, <laughs> but maybe not make it a gold border, but make it a border or something that makes it so like maybe the cards that aren't legal and modern have a different frame or a different mark on them so that people can differentiate moving forward if they wanted to print time vault or, or sorry, mana vault uh into not time vault <laughs> that's on the reserve list uh if they wanted to reprint mana vault or mana crypt into uh a product but they didn't want it to be modern legal there could be a way to designate that you know everything from the same way that like you know the mystical archive isn't modern legal right right the, you right, could just right, say right. all specialty specialty rarity cards don't become modern legal for whatever we're, we're already in sort of murky territory with this conversation anyway right like what is and isn't legal like it's it's already like we're already having to sort of throw our hands up because like it's so complicated and hard to follow anyway like, like right now in a standard release set there are cards in standard there's cards that are in the commander product that aren't standard legal or modern legal but do have this you know can show up in set booster packs there's box topper cards that are also in set booster packs but not standard packs and not commander product that are also not modern legal i literally have two packs one second there's jumpstart set boost or jumpstart dominaria magic the gathering packs and every set's going to have these and i actually don't know i don't know if i were to open these if what's inside of them would be standard legal and modern legal or not modern legal i have no idea yeah well, i mean I, I so i so i think that so this part of the conversation is the, the thought experiment of what should happen which i think is a really interesting one I, I would love to hear what you guys think by the way leave your thoughts below in the comments even if you've made it this far into the episode on youtube and you have a specific thought about it let us know if you think it's good or bad we're gonna keep talking about this as the episode goes on but i know you and i both have a number of cards that we're interested in talking about like that would add something perhaps like that are that are certain cards that have come from various different products i thought about this a lot actually and I have a few that I'm really excited about that are kind of weird. Um, I, have, I, I, I really want to go with my number one pick. Okay. All right. My number one pick is for anyone watching and listening to this to hit that like and subscribe button so that they can join and get this type of magic content into their feed every week on a Monday and Tuesday on every Tuesday basis, plus some extra short content on a weekly basis as well. Because if like they don't do that, then how are we going to play modern ever again? We're really waiting, relying on you to hit that like and subscribe and then comment which which card you want to see printed into modern or which commander card you would like to become modern legal through this process. Uh but actually, my number my number one is is going to be Dak Faden, my boy. Ah, you're <laughs> stealing, the you're stealing off my plate here. <laughs> one blue red <laughs> for a uh, planeswalker. Uh, I forget how many loyalty comes down to minus two steal an artifact plus loot and an ultimate that lets you exchange things you target. I don't think I've ever triggered his ultimate. Uh, no, 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 that's <laughs> a different one. Yeah, the, uh, Dak Faden has three abilities. He comes down for blue red one. He comes down with three loyalty. His minus two is to steal an artifact permanently. Target artifact. His plus one is double loot and his ultimate, which I think is a minus six or a minus seven is like, isn't it like flip like six coins or something? Or no, no, no. Is, no. It the, is it the natural Eric? Okay. Ah, so he, wrong. is he the, whenever you target something, you gain control of it one. Is that what it is? That's what I said. No, you didn't. You said you oh, like no. exchange oh, no, control of things. Yeah. I said you get an emblem. Whenever you target something, you gain control. 
You said exchange control. Okay. It's on the record. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. Dak is one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite cards ever printed. The power level is. You argue with me here. The power level is exactly on the money. That it's not oppressive. It would not be too good in modern by any means. Because it would, what would happen is like he is blue, so being able to exile him to a blue card, like a like a subtlety or a fury or a force, force of negation, is, 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 is relevant. That's fury. a good thing. But you're not going to have that many situations where he's going to come down for three and his minus two is going to actually do what it does in eternal formats, like in commander formats like that, where you end up stealing somebody's signet or like their soul ring or something, which is like awesome. And we all love doing that. What he's primarily going to be is just a gain three life, gain four life, double loot for three mana that if you can protect him, you're going to get way ahead. Like, that's what he's going to be. And the double loot is the thing that everybody plays that card for anyway. I've played that card in many formats, and the double loot's awesome. The longer you can keep him alive, the better. Obviously, interesting, plays well with Dredge, plays really well with Delve. Like, there's a lot of cool things that are already interesting in Modern that he just, at three CMC, is almost too expensive to be a part of anyway. But probably like in a Murktide deck, I I think you'd probably play one of these. Like, it's probably card number 60. I don't think I don't think you play two. Like I think it's too expensive. Like he could pretty easily see play in in, like in a hollow one deck that like wants to get the discard looting effects done, or like a like a weird alternative dredge card. Like I think there's like other uses for his ability, and like his minus is not to be ignored, right? Like affinity is a deck you face. Hammer time is a deck you face against. Like there are cards, there are decks that this 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 planeswalker would be pretty good against. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a card that does something like that minus incidentally mm-hmm. will be good sometimes in the same way that it's not always good in, you know, in, in more eternal formats. But uh, I just think Dak's a fun card. Dak's one of those cards that I don't think anybody would argue. It, you know what he reminds me of in a lot of ways? He's more powerful than this, but he feels like he fits the same mold is a is a uh, Tezzeret agent of Bolas. He feels like he's in the same class of like, if this is good, this is going to be really good. But probably I have things that are better that cost a little less than this that are going to get the job done. So I don't mm-hmm. know that I would ever actually play this card. But I'm I just might be playing one of these, and in the certain situations that it's good, it's going to be my favorite card in the whole deck. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of how it feels to me, and that that's totally reasonable. I think on the same note of a multicolor artifact uh, or, or artifact friendly card, and this is one that's been talked about forever. I think Baleful Strix is just such a slam dunk. I don't know how can anybody argue at this point that Baleful Strix is not legit <laughs> like like well, black blue black blue for a one one flying death touch artifact creature that when enters the battlefield you draw a card I, I think i think the limitation is that the blue green snake version of it sees tons of modern play yeah which like you draw a card has that death card, touch if that you card have worse right like that card is strictly worse than veil for strix i guess it's not an artifact so it's slightly harder to kill but debatably it has flash benefit. it has flash okay so it's Right, but it needs it needs snow artifacts, right? Like, I think it has. I think it, if it has snow, it gets it death no, touch. But I think, sure, I believe it gets death touch if it has snow. But it has, but it has flash to begin with. Yeah, it's called Ice Fang Codal. It's blue green for a one one flash flying snake. When it's about to draw a card, it has death touch as long as you control at least three other snow permanents. So sure. you're trading the fact that flash it has flash, and it's not an artifact creature, and it doesn't naturally have death touch. Which you know, I th- oh, I yeah, think it's I guess, really good. I guess yeah. I guess that that is they are very different. 
So Baleful Strix, I think, yeah. I, I mean, by the way, I want Baleful Strix in the format anyway, so I'm not, uh, I'm not really against it. More just it's interesting. Um, yeah, give me my claim like, like, It works well with a lot of cool decks. It w- works well in grindier decks. It gives blue-black decks a reason to be a little bit more grindy and less aggressive or tempo-oriented. It gives artifact decks a really, really cool tool and lets artifact decks kind of interact on an axis different than just like, I'm going to attack you really quickly. Um, no, yeah, I think, I think, I think it's a really cool idea. Plus it can like kind of, it, it gives an onus for cascade decks to be a little bit more value cascade versus combo cascade, which is where they're at right now. I definitely, I definitely think it's a, a, a would be a really cool addition. I was just gonna say, I would play the four Codal, four Baleful Strix, four Claim Fame, four Unearth deck. <laughs> With just like, just like the the dirt, like the most dirty deck you could ever. You, how possibly. do you kill your opponent? In that deck? They're, all, they're all flyers. They can hold things, and maybe 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 just for fun, we throw in Squadron Hawk too. We just sure. play Squad Hawk as just the, as as creatures nine through twelve. Owls, <laughs> owls, snakes, and hawks. Oh, oh my! I guess once the first time you get a hawk, you just get all your hawks. So then, like, what's the point of ever putting one in play again? Well, I don't know. Shuffling. You play. You play Jace. <laughs> yeah, you just reshuffle you, all your hawks. You can brainstorm <laughs> the hawks in. Fetch, shuffle, play the next hawk, draw two. There you go. What's next? Toxic Deluge. Two black oh, yeah. sorcery as an additional cost to cast a spell. Pay X life. All creatures get minus X minus X until in a turn. A, I think this play it has a way more interesting gameplay pattern than a commander because in commander you're like, I have forty life. I can pay twenty life and I'm fine. In modern, your life though really starts at fifteen, and if you're playing against an aggressive deck, it's really starting at like twelve or ten. So there's like really a tension of where, where or when you cast this card in a way that's damaging. You know, people would complain like, oh, it's going to hurt creature decks. Let's talk about when creature that when creature decks are seeing play in the format. So yeah, I think I think Toxic Deluge is a big one for me. Yeah, I think um, if you if you go down the line of the cards that see the most play in modern that are in this slot, uh, you almost never see a damnation anymore. It's barely barely even played, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like a sideboard card at best. Maybe damn yeah. never really caught on because I think the double double white it's a, it's a tough play so that was sort of supposed to and it didn't really and then you have meat hook massacre which is a really interesting card and a really good card but it's you know more expensive than this past that like you know your 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 mono supreme verdict but that's not in black so like I think this actually fills a pretty unique space they've they've tried to play with the three CMC kill a bunch of stuff in black for a while they've like tried to come up with different versions that they could print into standard that are good but they've never really been able to come up with something that feels as good to cast as this card like what was the one from Amonkhet a few years ago that was black black one bontu's last reckoning you don't mm. you skip your own tap step right mm. you know they've tried they've they've done that like three zmc all those very all those variants and they've just never come up with something that is at the right power level to actually be competitive and i think this card is totally fine here's here's on maybe the not fine level but if you add that previous card maybe it's it's more more powerful or or less of a problem true name nemesis Ooh, yeah it's a good one i don't know how good that would be for modern though but on the other hand just just for all of those you are shaking your fingers at true name nemesis like i just did it costs blue blue one it's a three cmc sorcery speed creature that comes down that doesn't do anything 
if you untap with it and you cast it on turn three, which you're never going to really, because what deck wants to play this on turn three? Like, I guess there are, maybe are some well, decks that would jam it, jam, but like as soon as you have it, you jam that into play, right? You jam that into uh, play. I because here's my point. Let's say I'm on the play and I'm in a deck, any number of decks, a mid range deck, a control deck, a tempo deck, whatever, a Murfolk deck. Even uh, this card is a good card. If I play this on turn three and my expectation is that I'm now going to untap and like interact with you until you're dead, let's then you're starting it. You're starting at 15 because it's modern. It still takes me five turns, which means from the time I untap, I need five attack steps. So from the time I cast this till the time you're dead, it's going to take me six turns to kill you. Games in modern are often decided at this point by turn three or four. It's well, such a fast format. I mean, you're a tempo player. Like you play this and you play this on turn one. You thought these turn two, you thought these them again. And then on turn three, you play true name nemesis and you have force negation back up. And now, and now if they try and get rid of it on their next turn, you can force negation them. And with, you know, cause most of the threat, most of the things in the format that get rid of it. Now there are, there's the new, there's the split second, edict effect that they printed in modern horizons too that could be really good against it there are ways of getting around it there's board wipes it makes those more playable in the format which i actually think is maybe beneficial but you play your name nemesis and once you untap you just have you have you just play counter magic and you have an unkillable threat that eventually like that's how it played in legacy right we can't like your name nemesis was almost a problem in legacy and no legacy other card the will Another card was it doesn't see as much play as it was like a year or two ago, but this used to be in sideboards all the time. This still is in some sideboards. Is Plague Engineer, and people just have one or two of them in their sideboard, and they sure. just bring in Plague Engineer, and they just name Merfolk, and it's just game over. Uh, I, I think I think True Name Nemesis would be powerful. I think there are probably some situations where it would be very powerful. I just mm-hmm. think it's a little clunky to be able to affect the board because what you're saying is that like you'd be able to successfully protect this. And name a tempo creature, name a tempo creature ever that has been sorcery speed three CMC, like that was like the dominant tempo creature, like sorcery speed three MC three CMC. Wait, I, I let me, I you know, I'm thinking about it, and I think I have one. Uh, it was this really big role player. I uh, it like almost dominated legacy for a few years. Uh, it was actually originally printed in a commander product. Uh, true name nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point it's not like i've made this card up it it has had years of play i mean i think worst case scenario you ban it right i think that's the other point is i think there are going to be cards that become legal in this format through them being printed here that like you know we're gonna think of some of the more iconic ones uh but maybe like there's gonna be like some weird legendary creature or something that no one's thought of that in commander it doesn't matter but in modern when you can have four of it as a thing you play becomes problematic uh my next card um is, is wait don't i get don't way. i get next card don't we get oh, don't oh, we get oh, to free sure. off here sure yeah also i it. almost talked myself into hating on true name nemesis there live on the podcast <laughs> you guys were witness i almost did it i almost did it You're uh, like, that card's bad i'm like mm. <laughs> <laughs> dong take uh i am going to go next with a favorite of Ooh, mine this, this sorry is- really quick i did remember a not true name nemesis option guys so saint draft that didn't dominate an internal format. That was good in standard. Like in shot play, it was a it was a real deck in modern and was a dominant card in standard. I got another three drop that was very very good that I think we got to this list. It's called Grand Architect. It was dominant at one point in standard. It was very good. It wasn't. It wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was not what you just said. Uh, it, my it, card it is out a bunch of F and M's in standard. <laughs> 
Brad Nelson crushed with that card. Uh, my next card was printed originally in Battle Bond, I believe. White three for a one two. It's a mythic rare. Arena Rector. When this creature dies, you may exile it from your graveyard, search your library, and put a Planeswalker card directly into play. It's Academy Rector, but for Planeswalkers. I love this card. I've always loved this card. I think it's such cool design. It's such a unique effect. There's nothing else that does this. The only, the closest thing you can get to this is playing like Wargate or like some sort of like call the Gatewatch, like one of these like search for a Planeswalker type of deals. But like, there's basically nothing that puts Planeswalkers directly into play from your deck. Um, what's his name? The red one where you can put a Planeswalker. I think it's called Planes. The What's the red one? We could put Planeswalker straight from your hand into play for like one red. Oh, uh, I have one on my desk somewhere in front of me. Uh, anyway. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, not, it's on the card. screen right now. Yeah, it's, it's a good card. For Planeswalkers. Uh, yeah, it's a good card. But this one gets it from your deck. So from the perspective of like coming up with cool combo chains that involve planeswalkers, whether it's like a Sahili cat deck or it's like some kind of a thing where you want to do like the doubling season with a planeswalker that goes infinite deck. It's the the Vivian birthing pod combo deck that we were talking a lot about when, when Campana came out, right? That's probably the best shell for it. If you're looking to do a combo tutor, because, because literally you just need this card and, and a sack outlet and you win. Well, you, as long as you have the other piece of whatever combo it is you're going for, right? It's like planeswalkers are good, but you need to have a combo to win. Well, so point Vivian, being, Vivian, Vivian will, so you need you need Vivian needs a three drop in play. So if you play with a three mana sack outlet into the Academy Rector, you win because you you uh, sacrifice Academy the the or the searcher. You get Vivian. Vivian then activates her birthing pot ability, sacrificing the search outlet grabbing cat blinking vivian who sacks cat gets the angel that reanimates things when it enters play i'm forgetting the cards of every name of the card but luckily all of this is on screen karmic god thank you for liking and subscribing uh that then gets cat back it blinks vivian vivian then sacks the cat again to get kiki jiki who then copies the angel that reanimates, reanimating the cat, and then you go into it with Kiki Jiki. There we go. I remembered the combo. Uh, but you guys are you guys are witness to that Zach Galifianakis uh, gif of him with all. The- <laughs> uh, um, yes, I, I, so I just think this card's unique. I don't think this card is too powerful. I think this card is a fun card that we don't oh, yeah. have anything like, and I think it's just an interesting card that exists in kind of a vacuum, and just we just haven't you know haven't had this card. Yeah, you know, and, and like that's the that's the Vivian thing. Like you could also just like play it in a, a, a blue white control deck that plays one Ugin. Yeah, and straight just, up like, use it to get Ugin or Elsbeth, right? Like play both of them. And and otherwise it like might find Jace or something if you want more of a value when you needed it. That's yeah, I, that's a really good like. Okay, next one. And I, I am trying to think of some of the problem cards and, and we can talk about Hall Breacher. Two blue for a Merfolk Pirate 3-2 Flash. If an opponent would draw a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps. Instead, you create a treasure token. Uh, so this guy is a spicy boy. Banned in Commander. Honestly, in my opinion, the biggest mistake from Commander Legends for Commander. But my hot take, I think this would be so dope to have in Modern and would be an awesome addition. Now, Ben. I think... I think what it does, interestingly enough, like if you if you 
put this sort of under the microscope of like, what do people do in modern that this is going to have a strong effect against. Let's say that I'm playing Merktide and I end of turn pay three for an Archmage's Charm. And this comes down in response. We're paying the same amount of mana. I'm paying three for a three, two. It's getting me two cards and it's countering your spell. That's a really, really good trade. However, it's not drawing me two cards. It's making me two treasures. Now, probably those treasures are good. Better. Right? Like they're better than cards. Yeah. Maybe. Depends what's in your hand. I think I I think on some level, like there's a vacuum. Sure. But in in play treasure tokens in a blue deck that is playing this guard with the intent of casting it you are playing a deck that is planning on having ways to wheel if not additional cards and draw additional cards to be able to use the mana you're stealing from your opponent's card draw effects probably because you have scalable effects that you can draw a bunch of cards with um i think i think this would be fine i guess this might that was the point i was trying to make the only issue that i have with this card is that if you were playing like several of them in your deck because it turns out to be really good it is blue so it's pitchable which like means that it's you know it's that's the whole jace problem of like past the first jace you just pitch it to force of will and then you you have your thing and you have backup and I think I think two things. One, one, like it has flash, right? So I, I don't even think it has that problem that like the force or it doesn't have it doesn't have it's not the benefit. It doesn't benefit from that as much as other cards would because you can just cast this as a in, instead of casting a counter spell. I think that it does hate on people just drawing cards when they shouldn't in the format, which I don't hate in general. I think like I think this type of effect is really really fun, not in multiplayer, right? The problem with multiplayer is this card lands and locks everyone out of the game, and then you have a bunch of fun doing a bunch of broken things as they don't get to do anything. In modern, this thing lands and is a creature that, in a format where targeted removal is just everywhere, but also like if you get to pull off the thing, does a really cool stuff. It does have a little bit of a splinter twin play pattern, but in a way that doesn't feel as unstoppable. Where you play this at at the end of their turn, and then you untap and you play one of the many wheel effects that are playable in modern like the one that ends the turn at the end of your turn so that you like do a bunch of stuff play that you know how the grip of full hands probably with counter magic with a bunch of treasures now in play to be able to stop your opponent from doing anything or you play with this in merfolk as just like a value way to hate on card draw effects or control decks which are a problem for you generally i think like it does a lot of actually really cool things in modern how good is how good is narset part of part of avails in modern right now doesn't see very much play it's a little slow, right? Like it's a sorcery speed spell. This is an instant speed spell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a creature. I, I think this would be fine. I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I think it would be I, totally I also, cool. I also like unequivocally think making treasures off of this effect is better than drawing cards. And like I've like spent podcast episodes talking about that. But like the fact that if I cast this and it's the version that draws cards and you do something I'm now tapped out. Right. And so even if you draw me extra cards, I can't play them. And I can't, even if you say you draw me like three extra cards when I untap, I can only really play one or two of them with the man I have with him instead of drawing extra cards, which I probably have some already. I now have mana that I can then use the cast spells, including cast spells to interact with you on the turn. Now that you've drawn cards. So I, I think there's a lot of cool, cool effects to it. Um, so let's go down. The, let's let, let's stay on the same path with this one and go with my next one because it's the it's the comp opposition agent, yeah, my which is one. black two for a three two creature. Um, it is a human rogue with flash. You control opponents' libraries while they're searching their libraries. Uh, you sorry, you control your opponents while they're searching the libraries. While an opponent is searching their library, you may exile 
each card they find. You may play those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though they're mana of any color to cast them. Notice it says play them, not cast them, which means if they crack a fetch land, you get to decide which fetch land they get, and then you can exile that fetch land, and you can get it. You can play their land. Um, that's in modern going to be the most notable thing here that's happening. I think there are other circumstances that are good for sure. Cause there's other good tutors in modern, but that's the most common one. And that's the one where you're going to, you're going to instant speed stone rain them basically. Um, and accelerate and get a three, two creature. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, 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 that's pretty damn good. Uh, people don't play a lot of three CMC land destruction in modern, so it's not like there's a comp for this, but if your three CMC land destruction had flash gave you a three, two creature, uh, and did a damage to them, I feel like you'd probably play it. Yeah. I think like, I think and it's better than land. even mind sensor, but I don't think it's that much better than even mind sensor. Right. And like even mind sensor sees some amount of play. I think this is better than Ashiok, which is really good. Like, I think this would be a modern playable card, right? Or, or, or staple even. I think that's cool. Like, I think like hating on fetch lands more is a good thing for modern because the answer to this is the playlist fetch lands, which I think is good for modern. <laughs> I think uh, this is a lot better than Mind Sensor. Um, there's two reasons. One, sometimes they hit Mind Sensor and they get their card because it's just in the top four. They just can, they can luck out. That, that sure. happens. Two, you get a two-one flyer, but that's it. You don't get you. You can get rid of their land, but you don't get anything more than that. You don't accelerate, so you can't play their land, right? This is getting you an extra power. It's also getting you their land. It's going to guarantee that you accelerate. You get to get their land from their deck. Now, I guess you can play it. It doesn't mean you can play it at any time. So maybe it just replaces your own land drop, but it does get you a land into play. Definitely, a hundred percent will get you a land into play. So what you're left with is a three-two creature instead of a two-one. I mean, I said it was better. It's an even mind sensor that draws a card. Yeah. And, and then, it draws a and land, right? Like it, it, it's, which is good, but it's not like a back breaking card. And it's not a two, one flyer. It's a three, two thing on the ground without no other ability, which is, which is a relevant difference in ability. Like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's off. It's better than even mind sensor. I'm not saying, but I, I don't think in the format it's going to do much much more than even mind sensor did and if it did i think it would be a net benefit is i guess my point is like i think this effect is something that modern needs and i think this would be a really cool card to be printed directly into modern and if we're not going to get that do it in our way which is everything gets added but yeah i think i think like the way like a three two flash hate bear that hates on fetch lands in a way that's less toxic than blood moon is a positive and what it would do for the format and it also hurts specifically the decks that need kind of hated out the most which are the like big money pile Yorion. Here's every fetch land in the game. I'm playing five colors, right. elemental, blah, 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 blah. And this is like a great card to kind of adjust against those in a way that I think is really cool. I think that's fair. I Plus, think that's fair. It's good against Stoneforge Mystic. It's good against uh, Urza Saga. It's good against Tron decks with m maps. It's good against uh, yeah. Titan in general. Like, I actually think this is, I think Opposition Agent could be very good for Modern to be added it, and I'm kind of arguing that it should happen regardless of if this greater idea of all of these cards being added get added. <laughs> um, Maybe my Opposition Agents would finally be worth anything. Um, so, I'm so, now, so I'm now I'm now going to the world of, so I, I kind of want to talk about some mechanics, and, and uh, well, as we go back and forth, I'll hit a few of them, because I think one place that people are going to, are like, their brains, their lizard brain in the back of their heads are like aggressively being like, no, 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 no. I hear what you're saying with like cool random cards, but the commander specific mechanic cards, those are bad for modern. 
I don't want those in this format. And I will be here to tell you that almost all of them either are made where it wouldn't matter. Like, so for instance, in conspiracy, there would be cards that are legal that care about which draft picks you did. Those abilities just don't do anything in a 1v1 game. Uh, or, in the case of the cards I'm going to say, stuff have been templated so they work in 1v1. One example of that is partner with. So partner with in a 1v1 format, which is where it came from, right? It's from a limited format, means that when you play this, you search your deck for the card it mentions, which there are a few cards that do that already in modern. So basically, my example is going to be Braylon Sky. Uh, I think this one's actually maybe. Yeah, Braylon. Braylon Sky Shark. Shark. Three red, three, three human shaman. Partner with Shabraz, the Sky Shark. It has whenever you discard a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Braylon. Sky Shark Rider. It deals one damage to each opponent. And you can pay one red to gain trample until in a turn. Target Shark gains trample until in a turn. And then Shabraz, the Sky Shark is three white blue. Shark Bird, legendary creature, partner with Braylon Shark Rider, flying. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on Shabraz, the Sky Shark, you gain one life. Target human games, flying until in a turn, 3 3. Ostensibly, you are playing a five mana 3 3 and a four mana 3 3 that when you play one of them will tutor for the other one. So they work in 1v1 formats. Partner with doesn't let you put them in the command zone. It's not like companion. It's not like regular partner, which then with regular partner is just trinket text as much as the word legendary creature less than the word legendary creature is relevant. And so, but this does give you a really cool ability, right? You can play something like Halden, Avid Arcanist, and Paco, which have a really cool mechanic in show. You can peer, peer and Toothy. Um, and all of these cards work totally fine and do offer some pretty cool strategies and like function as cool value creatures, right? They like play like um, a, an overcosted Asmore where you're getting to play a card and then just find a, you like play a card that cantrips into a specific card, basically. Yeah, I think I think that that's fine for modern, especially now. Granted, if they were to print more of them that were cheap or something, and that's maybe a little harder. But those cards are expensive. Those cards are costly. They're powerful, but it's definitely like you know, it's like we've we've said this many times. It's it, it there's there's card advantage and there's value, but at a certain point, there's so much card advantage and value that already exists for inex, for inexpensive costs in modern that it doesn't really matter that much. Like. I, I think a lot of those cards that function like you're talking about that have built-in mechanics that are good in slower games, they just wouldn't really be relevant. Like they wouldn't have enough play in a format like modern. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they'd just be they'd be outclassed, you know? Yeah, I think I think like I think some of them might end up being playable, right? I think like there's a way to look at them in like a three mana creature that has a relevant ability that comes down. It's one of the reasons I like Halden, for example, because like Halden is a three mana one four. You may play non-creature cards from exile with, you know, with his ability, but he's basically a three mana dry engine that finds you a big beater. And so you can block and then have an attacker that comes down later. Like, I think they are not unplayable, but I agree with you that I think they're underpowered. Yeah, for sure. Um, my my next pick is going to be another kind of obscure card, uh, but it's a, just an interesting card that I just, I, this exists in Commander, and I just think a lot of people actually don't realize this. It's a green sorcery called Restore. Green one sorcery. Put target land card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Really just like unique targeted effect. Uh, it, it allows you to get back like any kind of utility land that's trying to do something cool for you, but it also just allows you to not get stalled out. If you have a fetch land in your opening hand and this card and you don't hit your third land drop, 
you just get to play restore on turn three, it puts your fetch land directly into play, you sack it, and just it just counts essentially as rampant growth at that point. But it has so much utility in terms of what you're doing. Um, there are so many cool lands now, uh, whether it's like you channel a land relatively early in the game because you need to use it to blow something up, but you need the source, like it allows you to just put it directly back into play. I mean, by no means a card that I think is going to be a staple. It's just another, it's, it's a good example of a card that I think is uh, unique. It's the only card that does this that's ever been printed. It's cost two, which puts it on a curve for like the kind of stuff that modern wants to do. And it just doesn't exist for what reason? Doesn't that feel like that could have just been a card that was in standard that just was an option in like lands decks in uh, any number and like that could just be played as a one of in, uh, in, in amulet Titan decks. Like there's yeah. so many different decks that that card is just good in. If your opponent finds a way to blow up your land that your whole strategy is built around like, um, yeah, just a cool card. I thought. Yeah, no, I think I think like it offers a cool effect that it, it, I honestly am surprised it hasn't been reprinted in the standard. I think like maybe it's too underpowered <laughs> in some yeah, ways, but I, I agree. I think it's a really cool ability. Um, Next, next on the list is Minx and Boo. This is seeing a lot of legacy play recently. So and it was one of the ones when I brought this up in the Internet, people brought up Minx and Boo, Timeless Heroes, two red green, legendary planeswalker, Minsk. Uh, well, Minx and Boo, Timeless Heroes, enter the battlefield. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you may create a create Boo, a legendary one one red hamster creature token with trample and haste. Plus one, put three plus one plus one counters on up to one target creature with trample or haste. Minus two, sacrifice a creature. When you do, Minx and Boo, Timeless Hero, deals X damage to any target where X is the creature's power. If the sacrifice creature was a hamster, draw X cards. Three loyalty. So, one thing that I did not read, and then it has, uh, this could be your commander, which would be just a relevant text in this format, which is fine. Uh, some cards have text on them that isn't relevant to formats that they're in. Um, one thing I read that I did not read is that it's a legendary creature, and it will create this every upkeep and the turn it comes into play. So it's not just it'll it, legendary rule applies, right? So you can't keep both copies that you get, but you will get a hamster every turn, a token that you can use and you can get one that just dies, triggers death triggers. You can always sacrifice the other one to something that then let the other one survive. You can just attack willy nilly with it. You also, the turn it comes into play can give it, make it a four, four, right? So this comes into play as a four, four trample haste hamster creature token that then attacks that turn and then you know and then you can or you can just sacrifice the token you know, there's a lot of different things you can do with it and it's seeing yeah, the next turn you minus the, you minus the deal four and draw four cards it seems pretty good yeah exactly yeah yeah so like obviously <laughs> great really good in jund um i think this card would be so sweet in modern it's actually one of the most expensive cards from Baldur's gate now at 30 dollars <laughs> um yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan of what this could help with Jund. It also, it's more of like a boomer Jund to play, right? It's not like a, it like falls into that blood braid elf spot. It's a four drop right. walker, which I think is really cool. And is, I think a good thing for the format. I have literally never seen this card or heard of it once in my entire life. Um, I like the art on it a lot. It seems very cool. It seems like a card that has really cool. Um, it seems like a card that has really, really cool stuff built into it. I'll tell you uh, what I would actually want to do with this card. I would want to play this card in a, you guessed it, Mirror Superior deck. And the reason <laughs> is because it's in green, so it already plays into the colors that you want to try to get a Mirror Superior to play with. But this card just comes down and just 
makes Mirror Superior an eight nine trample. Does like, Mirror Superior have haste or trample? No. Can't oh, with forget. trample or haste. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Fine. I thought it gave it trample and close. haste. You were close. Neither does Burning Tree Emissary. Like both cards would be bad with yeah. <laughs> with this card. Blood Never Bravo, mind. On the other hand. You get out of my Mirror Superior deck. You're it, not allowed. It, it, it makes its own Mirror Superior. Yeah, I don't need it to make name, me a Mirror Superior. Boo, <laughs> which is a way cuter name. Mirror uh, Superior has been outclassed. It's so sad for me. I always try to find ways to go back. I feel like they need to just. They need to just make me a better one. They just need to make me like a. We're like, going why back to Brixia. We might get mere superior, comp- mere completion. No, mere superior. That's what it'll be called. Sure. Right, mere superior, and it'll be like. But Superiorist. if if if, if they give me mere superior, and it's like like they did with the stupid four mana Delver, I'll be like, this is dumb. I'm not playing a four mana Delver. What if, what if it's, what if it's mere superior and it, what if it's, it's mere Supreme and it has like sour cream and some tomatoes on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Solid. Next, we want to talk about a card that is a um card that just like won't work, right? Like this is a card that, that based on the mechanics it has, is just a non-functioning card in modern, which is fine, right? Like, by the conceit of the format, there are going to be cards that just don't work in the same way that other mechanics that have been printed in the modern just don't work anymore. Like, there are cards that Mana Burn was printed with them with intent, and it just is a card that doesn't work in the format. Jessica Thrace Reborn, Tuna Red, uh, Legendary Planeswalker Jessica, comes in with zero loyalty. When Jessica Thrace Reborn enters the battlefield, it enters it with loyalty equal for how many times you've cast a commander from the command zone this game, because you don't have a command zone, this does nothing. It, it enters with zero planeswalk. Zero counters always. Choose target creature until your next turn. If that creature would deal da- combat damage to one of your opponents, it deals thri- triple that damage to the player instead. Jessica Thrice Reborn deals X damage to each of up to three creatures. So those first two, those abilities don't really matter. But in this conversation, I did want to show throw out that there will be cards that are iconic that just don't work. And I think that's fine. And we know that. And we're arguing for it. Uh, I do think, though... That in the long run, there could be cards printed that like, and there are cards that exist now, like Planeswalkers enter with loyalty different than they normally would. Like with, you know, additional uh, loyalty counters, they would enter. That's an ability that is, has been printed. If it hasn't been printed, it could be. Um, the other one is like, what? I was going to say, I also find it interesting the idea that like, okay, Companion was the first mechanic they tried printing into Modern that was essentially allowing you to have a commander in modern, right? It wasn't technically a commander, but like it was supposed to mimic that idea. That was kind of the, what we were supposed to be able to do with it. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that at some point they do find a way to print cards that function as commanders that would exist in one view one play. They would just they would just function differently. They would they would be templated to be able to work in both one v one or multiplayer play. And then cards like Jessica become actually on the table again because there's no rule that states you can't have a commander in modern it's just that just hasn't been printed in a way that it works yet i mean there is well you can't play no tradition you can't have a commander, commander in modern i guess i, I guess i think right. i think that would be a mistake right like i think companion is considered and i think wizards has stated that companion is one of the biggest design mistakes of all time uh if not the biggest one uh i think i think they said it's the most broken mechanic above storm like it's companion then storm now um not to say that they won't come up with new ones that are commander focused but i think like bringing commander in the modern i think is a mistake i think that i'm fine i'm more fine just with these cards not working or 
someone comes up with a cool deck like we just mentioned where it's like you know there's a two drop creature that just lets like red planeswalkers come in with an additional loyalty counter just an inherent ability that i think is like a cool thing the next card is marin of clan neltoth two black green human shaman three four whenever another creature you control dies you get an experience counter which do work in modern or any any type of 1v1 format you just it goes in the command zone you have a counter it works like an emblem at the beginning of your end step choose target creature card in your graveyard if that card's converted mana cost is less than or equal to the number of experience counters you have return it to the battlefield otherwise put it into your hand Mm, i know this card well I know this card well, and I always dismiss it because of experience counters. Because I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I mean, if you answer it, it dies. If they have a second one, then it gets to remember the experience counters, which is a cool effect that you get from being able to play these in, in formats where you get multiples, right? You get to like build the experience counters off of themselves. Um, the other thing that's really cool is just that like this card amongst some of the other ones does a cool thing, right? Like the, a, a rebuy, you could do a fog frog style deck in modern, which could be really cool. You can have it be more of like a reverse birthing pot effect where you're rebuying creatures from your graveyard, kind of like a fixed birthing pot in some ways for modern. Um, Cause you don't get the tutor. You just have to u- reuse the value of stuff you've already been playing with. It's something that could like easily see playing like a Yawgmoth deck is just like a, a, an alternative value engine. Um, and honestly, I think like worse than Yagoth. Like, I don't know if this card would see play. I think this is comparable to how Cass hasn't really seen play in the format. Right. But it's a cool option to bring to it. And I think experience counters in general would be a cool thing to see in 1v1 magic. I think that's like a uh, I'm surprised we haven't gotten a standard set that leans into them a little bit more. And like the only thing I can think of is that like full on development in a standard set would lead to like. They're too synergistic with each other, right? Because if you have two creatures with experience counters, the experience counters count for the other one. Sure. Okay, so say I was playing with Daxos. So three mana, I play Daxos, and then I play Marin. Their experience counters will work with each other, um, or Kelson, or whatever. So that's that's like a feature, maybe negative, maybe positive, depending on how you think about it. But um, uh, One card that I always see pop up in Legacy lists, and I actually am curious if you know why this card is good. I like... I've looked at this a bunch of times to try to figure it out. It's called Retrofitter Foundry. I think it, maybe it's in some sort of a big artifact deck in Legacy, but it costs mm-hmm. one colorless. It's from Commander 2018 Artifact. Uh, it has a three CMC untapped Retrofitter Foundry. That's not a tap. That's an infinite ability. Has a two and a tap, create a one, one colorless servo artifact. Has a one and a tap, sacrifice a servo to create a one, one colorless thopter. And then it has a tap for no mana, sacrifice a thopter, create a four, four colorless construct. So it obviously like if you have infinite mana, it makes a billion creatures like just goes nuts because you just untap and just make a one, one a million times, then make an infinite four force. Um, but I don't I don't know if it's just like that. It's Urza Saga. Legacy. What? It's Urza Saga. Just Saga gets this. And well, so, so, so it does two things, right? Urza Saga gets it. And then it is a. If you are playing a deck that can make infinite mana, you can use Urza Saga in that deck, and now you get a tutor a outlet for that with zero upfront cost, right? Arguably a positive leaning, like positive leaning cost. You're making money <laughs> by playing Urza Saga, even if you're not playing this. Uh, and then for value oriented decks, like once again with Urza Saga as a one of in your deck, you get a very, very, very easy to take advantage of mana sync value engine that lets you eventually start pumping out four fours, but also one ones and flying one ones in the meantime, as you 
play the control game that a, a deck that's playing with Urza Saga wants to do. So it's it's just gotcha. like one of the best Urza Saga, like generically good Urza Saga targets. And then on top of that, if you have an engine that can make infinite mana, go 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 have fun, do do the thing. Um, but yeah, this card would be really cool for that reason. Would be really cool in modern. I don't think it would be broken in modern. I think this is like the exact type of stuff. Like these are the cards that I want to see be added to modern through this effect. Like, yeah, I'm, I would love to see the cards people comment below that would they think would break the format in half by adding them. And as I said, this is specifically only adding new cards. There are obviously reprint cards that would be added that would break it. And and maybe you know I wouldn't also mind. Like we could argue that just every card ever printed and just extend the modern ban list, right? That that's like totally a thing. But right. the last card I have to talk about, and then we can get to closing remarks, is Kappa Cannoneer. Uh five blue turtle warrior artifact creature four four improvise. Your artifacts can help cast this spell. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays four one. Ward four. Uh, whenever an artifact creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Kappa Cannoneer, and it can't be blocked for this turn. Also, legacy playable, really really fun card. Kind of plays into the affinity lists, but like has a really cool effect. Plus, it's just a turtle with the cannon on its back. Why would you not want this in modern? <laughs> card super dope. I kind of missed this card until like two weeks ago. I was looking through some stuff, just like what can I get that's really powerful in an artifact deck that wants to go turbo early. Mm-hmm. And it's funny historically in in Gauntlet and in you know Hollywood Highlander, we would play Tinker into Blightsteel. It's like a thing we always did because mm-hmm. if you had it, you had fast mana, you could get it out really fast. But there's mm-hmm. so many people that can just handle that um, now that it's funny that this card is almost like a better option to get early when your opponent doesn't have enough mana to interact with you because it's so hard for them to deal with it. It's really hard to interact with and it gets big really, really, really fast. Yeah, no, I um, mean, it, and like there's a ton, like other cards you haven't mentioned, Doretti would be a really, really cool addition to the format to create like a red artifact reanimator list. Um, a minute how does a really cool stuff like there's all these there's so many cool cards both commanders and and regular creatures you know the the mechanics that we didn't mention you know eminence doesn't matter anymore right like markov you don't get in the command zone so you just have to play him like a regular vampire um but yeah i think i think like overall the format could be like if we're already living in this world where modern horizons exist so we have all these new cards in modern and legacy has kind of gone away and I do think a lot of these cards would be really cool to play. And it's something I realized while paying attention to this preview season specifically. There's a lot of these really cool cards that I would love, would love to see in a 1v1 format, right? Like, I think they'd be really cool there. And Legacy isn't it. Like, like Le- Legacy just, like, isn't available to 99% of the population unless you're playing Moto. And even then, it's pretty limiting and not the most fun experience. Plus, a lot of cards, especially these cards that we're talking about, aren't on moto like moto hasn't added a lot of these commander cards until they become like legacy playable cards which the barrier of entry is so high there adding them to modern is such a cool idea and like i think adds a bunch of really cool effects to the format that open it up in a cool way and you know most of these cards just won't see play like there's a bunch like dauntless i think is what what's the like there's a this card costs one less for every opponent you have board wipe that card is a nine mana board wipe in this format or whatever. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like it's fine that there are a bunch of cards that don't see play and there's going to be cool stuff like retrofitters foundry that see do see play and add a cool new spin to the format that offers different angles to play it and other reasons to play some cards that aren't modern horizons cards. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's a cool idea. I do think it's a little clunky uh, getting there. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you jump 
from where we are to this in a way that doesn't feel like it's uprooting the format a little. Um, there's so much stuff you'd be adding. And we talked about some of them that are powerful. I'm sure there's a bunch we're forgetting. It's weird. Modern is just such a quickly evolving format. There's so many good cards that like it, it sort of feels in some ways like it's powerful enough to be able to withstand a major up, uh, like upheaval. But at the same time, it feels like it's a really interesting and cool format. And who knows what would, you know, this who knows something like this could break it like like in a bad way, like ruin it, you know, like it might just it, and there there is a part of me as a like a tenured player has played it for so long now that. I am just made nervous by adding another complicating factor to format legality. It does make me a little nervous. Just my, my awareness and, and ability to talk about it and, th- you know, thinking about it, it's hard to keep it straight in my head. It would make it less fun to feel sort of more uh, confused, but I, I don't think that that's a limiting factor enough to so invalidate here's, this. Here's, here's my miniature pitch. Cause I, I think, Oh, I think, I think there's two ways. A like just people should try this out. Right. Like, like beyond, beyond which cards they want to see, give me some brews, get let's, let's see some lists. Let's see in the yeah. comments or in general, uh, we'll make a section on our discord link below, uh, that sh- like, uh, we've already added a section called the micro format section to the discord that has a bunch of different cool little micro formats that have been play. You know, people are trying out, uh, and we'll add a section for this one because I think that'd be really cool. The other, the and and we'd love to communicate there. Plus, here on what, what you think, what's going on. Uh, my other pitch is like maybe this is because like one thing. When, remember when we did the Singleton, uh, like the new Singleton one v one format that we were working on, and we ran yep. into two problems. One was modern with no ban list, which just felt a little empty. Like it, it felt like a little bit too much. Like why I'm not playing just regular modern. Uh, and then we tried no reserve list and that felt a little too much, just like vi- like legacy. Like it, it didn't feel that different from just like Canadian Highlander light. Yeah. Um, maybe the answer is this. Maybe the answer to that format is 100 card singleton. All cards printed after 2003 are legal. And the, and the way I mentioned that you don't, you don't get all of the weird reprints. It's only new cards printed from 2003 onward, plus any cards printed in the standard or, uh, uh, maybe that's it. Maybe just cards in standard or new cards, right? Like maybe we don't include modern horizons. Uh, so it's uh, every, right. it's every, it's every card printed in a commander set. Well, some of those are reprints though. Yeah. Yeah. It's every card that has been printed newly into a commander set standard or modern horizons. Mm-hmm. Mm. Think about it. Think about it. Uh, I like it. I think it's a cool idea. I want you guys to comment below and let us know what you think. Which of these formats sounds the coolest? Um, If anything jumps out at you, please let us know. As always, we appreciate you guys being here. You are all hearing this on like the 19th or something like that, which means, sadly, I just played in New York over the weekend. And if you happen to be on the East Coast, I missed you. Um, But I did just announce uh, a week before you guys hear this that the next single I'm releasing is called Stop Sign, and it's coming out on the 26th of September. I've been working on this song since January. This was the song that I started writing, and I finished when I was recovering from my major injury last year, and I didn't actually know if I was going to be able to walk properly or release music again. I was hopeful, and obviously I was able to recover and go on the road. And this is the first song I'm putting out since then, so it means a lot to me. I'm really excited about it. I did finally get to announce that uh, my last single or two singles ago um, just appeared in Kevin Smith's film Clerks 3. It was licensed to be in the movie, which uh, I got to announce last week and go to the movie premiere and all that, which was really exciting. And so um, that was a big deal when that happened. And I now get to, you know, release my next song. So it's all very exciting stuff. It's been an amazing summer. And if you have listened to any of my stuff and you're curious about it, 
um, this sing- the single is going to mean a lot to me. So go check it out. You can find all the information on any of my socials, Ben Bateman Media. Um, and if you want to support, you just go click the pre-save link in the bio of my Instagram and my Twitter, and it's free. And you just just saves the song right to your Spotify. It'll get added right when you open the app, and uh, it helps me immensely. And if you want to pre-order it for 99 cents, by the way, on the iTunes store, the charts count that as 1,500 streams. Isn't that crazy? 99 cents, and it counts as 1,500 Spotify streams. So if you want to help out, those are the best ways to do it. I really appreciate it, and uh, that's my spiel. All right, and thank you, everyone. You know Our sponsor, thank your sponsor, Channel Fireball, for... Uh, hosting this podcast as well as if you are looking to buy some cards using the code the MMCast or MMCast uh, on their website uh, helps us out and gets you a little bit of a discount. Also, if you are looking to go to MTG Summit, uh, me and Ben will be there. And uh, if you use the code KESS, K-E-S-S, uh, you get a discount on, on your price of admission and it helps us out. It helps us us uh, be able to uh, go. Uh, we literally, it goes toward our ability to attend and uh, get lodgings, et cetera. So if you can check all of that out, uh, there are links below. Uh, last but not least, as I mentioned, the Discord where you can uh, participate in all these cool micro format ideas. And please comment, like hit the subscribe button if you haven't before. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye guys. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.